0: Welcome back, friends. I'm so glad you decided to come back in and join us for another episode. Whatever you're going through this week, I hope that this episode just brings a little bit of peace to your soul. Let's get right in. Hello, ladies. So we're mixing it up a little bit today. <laughs> Abby and I usually get together in either her house or my house, but Abby and I have been together this morning. We went up on a high place over a major city in Tennessee to to pray over it today. And uh, on our way home, we thought we'd be no better time to record, so we're coming to you live from Panera. <laughs> 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 and so Abby has some words for us, and um, just can't wait to hear what she's got in store, so we'll just jump right in.
1: Um well uh thank you guys for listening and staying with us again coming from the trenches coming from the real life of uh sally and i we are definitely not <laughs> exciting people <Yeah. laughs> we're really bougieing it up with right. the Banera bread but yeah. i'm so grateful for the opportunity to be here and i really just want to share again from where we're at in our life the lord has been um just really affirming to be the power of our worship and the power of our words and the power of our praise Mm -hmm. Um, on the last podcast we talked about Esther having um, the favor of God and being um, allowed the opportunity to go into the king's presence but I mentioned something about her cousin Mordecai really understanding the war for what it was, um, that he was not going to give his worship to any king or any principality in that time. And he had put on the sackcloth and began to worship and mourn and intercede for the people. And... Um, really, um, that sparkened something in Esther got her attention and she inquired what was going on and he had filled her in. And then she asked him, "Will pray for me to be able to intervene in this situation from my position of power and influence. And the Lord really has, that has stayed with me And that so many stories in the scripture are about, um, people of God coming against the authorities in that time. You know, um, Daniel came up, against a, a, a group of men who were very jealous of his favor with the king at the time and um, attacked his worship and his words and told the king, you know, um, he continues to pray three times a day. Um, and Daniel's response to the edicts to not do these things was to go back into his prayer closet, throw open the windows and continue to pray because nothing was going to take his worship. Nothing was going to take from him. and. Um, The Lord delivered him out of the lion's den and and kept the mouth of destruction against him sealed. And the enemy couldn't touch him. Um, You know, the three Hebrew children were... um, Faced with the same kind of challenge, the the principality of that land, the king in question at that time wanted to be worshipped like an idol, and everyone bow and bend their knee to that. And they refused, and they were put in the fiery furnace. And you know, I always love that passage of scripture because the Bible doesn't say that the Hebrew children saw the fourth man of the fire. It says the king and his men saw the fourth man of the fire. So, I think for a lot of us, we've experienced the presence of God and known that He's in the fire with us, but not. always known um, or seen him working and so it's it goes back to me like where are we going to worship from mm-hmm. are we going to worship from the mountaintop only when it's very obvious that God is there and giving us the victory or are we going to worship in our valley in the thick of it mm-hmm. when the reality is he's there with us he's the God of the valley and the God of the mountain but what are our words lining up with? Mm -hmm. And so this whole idea of our worship and something coming against our praise and our words really uh, sparked in me. And I'm a researcher. I like to dig into things. And so I actually looked at some of the uh, case studies that have been done by colleges and um, scientists about the positive words versus negative words. And I wanted to share a little bit of that. Um, So there's a part of our brain, frontal lobe called the amygdala. And it's where... Our region of our brain that's responsible for stress hormones and so several different entities have done <coughs> studies about the amygdala and the impact it has and what are stress hormones and what are triggers and it was interesting because um, I found where there was a case study done where they had ice crystals a form and they had um, separated them and put the ice crystals in a, an atmosphere where negative words were spoken over them and then a place where um, positive words were spoken over them. And it affected the impact of the ice crystals and their formation. And I believe the study was done by um, the Thomas Jefferson University. But it basically... it exposed how powerful words are and you know the Bible's been saying this for <laughs> millennia the power of life and death is in the tongue mm-hmm. and I don't think that we always give that the reverence or the uh, understanding that it should bring mm-hmm. um, that our words very much can get line up with what heaven says about us or they can line up with what the principality and the air of this world say about us and so I just wanted to share um, kind of some of the things the Lord has been showing me not only about the difference between positivity and negativity, but how you can sometimes, you have idle words. Um, The Bible warns in several different places about what idle words and useless words can lead to. It can lead to backbiting, empty talk, um, full of slander. Psalm 10.3 says, the wicked boast of his heart's desire and the greedy curse and spurn the Lord. Um, Psalm 101.5 says that whoever secretly slanders his neighbors um, is destroying his own house, <laughs> which I thought was very powerful. Mm-hmm. And shortening, it, so it goes on to say he shortens his life. Uh, mm-hmm. Proverbs ten nineteen says, too much talk leads to sin. So be sensitive and keep your mouth shut. Right. Um, Proverbs eleven three says, he goes about as a tailbearer, revealing secrets, but he who is trustworthy conceals a matter, meaning that you don't have to share everything that you know. Right especially about other people. And in loving God and loving others, our words can be very powerful. And so I wanted to give some um, some verses as well, but I just wanted to talk, you know, you and I, we always we try to keep it very transparent. Yeah. Um, you've experienced some personal loss this week. Yeah. Um, I've experienced a change in our financial situation. My husband was laid off um, and so looking at the outside looking at our fiery furnaces of our circumstances mm-hmm. of our life it would be very easy to let that dissuade our worship right because worship um isn't supposed to be just when you feel like it yes <laughs> and so it it becomes this thing where it's like a sacrifice there's actually a hebrew word that talks about a sacrifice of praise mm-hmm. and laying it on the altar and And I think for me, like the worship is is my response when when the enemy creates a trap, when he creates a snare or circumstances, just like in in the days of of uh, these other heroes of the faith where he thinks he's got us. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's backed us into a corner. He's got us sealed in the lion's den. He's got us in the fiery furnace. He's got, uh, you know, the whole government is set against us, whatever it may look like in the natural, but it, it doesn't look very hopeful. It looks like our days are really numbered. God comes in with an opportunity mm-hmm. for us to partner with him and to begin to c- declare who he is. And I will tell you, having lived this uh, several times in my life, I don't really think that that the enemy knows what to do with that kind of praise. Mm-mm. I think it still to this day baffles him. As many times as he has witnessed it, I don't know that he has a place to put that. Because it doesn't make sense. It supersedes circumstances right. to be able to say, but God, you are good. You are faithful. You are just. You are kind. And to begin to exhort who the Lord is and who His Word says He is. And in doing that, it shifts your focus from your circumstances and what you see with your eyes to the heavenly perspective.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it does restore your hope. It does. There is something inside of you that begins to come into agreement with life, mm-hmm. that begins to come in agreement with hope. And I really, it's been very, very much a huge revelation to me, the power of just out of words, even confessing things. like simple things like, oh, this headache is killing me, or, you know, oh my gosh, I, I hate that about that. Just those things are all accounted. The Bible says we're going to give an account for those. And it's been that reminder to me, in, especially in this season, but always to mind my words, mm-hmm. to mind how I phrase things. So because life or death, I can speak blessing or I can speak curse. And A lot of times what you think you're speaking out against someone else is actually being twisted and put back on you. Mm. And you may be completely ignorant to the enemy's schemes, but you are cursing yourself. Mm. And um, so I just i wanted to share that for anybody who is like maybe in a season where it does feel like the whole world is against you Mm -hmm. maybe it does feel like you know i don't have a reason to worship i don't have a a reason to praise i'm i'm in the thick of it like what is good about this what is good about god Mm -hmm. (laughs) i just wanted to encourage that um you can stand on his word that's right you can stand on his truth when your words fail you can worship Mm-hmm. And so Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Um, Psalm 68, 19 says, Praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. He is with us in this. He is with us in the fire. Um, Psalm 145, 9, The Lord is good to all. He is compassion in all that He has made. Uh, Job 8, 21, He "'will yet fill your mouth with laughter "'and your lips with shouts of joy.' psalm 46:1. god is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble and that's what i've learned in when i began to change my words and i began to change my uh, attitude through worship through prayer through um, communing with the lord worshiping for who he is that my heart has a shift that my mind has a shift things come into alignment and i discover a part of his nature that i would have not known otherwise mm-hmm. I truly believe it's like you, you know sometimes it's perspective I lower myself and humble myself before him and I start to see those hidden things that I would not have noticed before mm-hmm. I can remember painting an, uh, an end table one time when we had moved into our house and from looking up above it I look like it was done like I was ready to put my paintbrush up and and call it a day, and I dropped something and got down on my knees to pick it up, and all of a sudden looked up from a floor position and saw a whole section of the leg up underneath where the ledge was that I had missed, completely missed. And I remember thinking, oh, thank goodness I got low. Mm -hmm. And I always think about that. There's gonna be opportunities and times in our lives where we're in a valley, Mm -hmm. and we need to get to the other place of that where we can look back on that. thank goodness I had that valley. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness I got low. Mm -hmm. because it exposed an area that was not covered, that Mm -hmm. I had not allowed the Lord to renew my mind. I had not allowed his grace to cover me. Mm -hmm. And I learned something about Jesus that I wouldn't have learned on the mountain. I wouldn't have learned from the view above. Mm -hmm. I needed to get down low. And so that's my encouragement for anybody today that's maybe just life is hitting really hard. Mm -hmm. Like 2024 came in with a bang already. Mm -hmm. I'm believing this year that it's a time and an opportunity for us to shift our thinking for us to bring our li- our our lives and our words into alignment with the Holy Spirit, into submission of His promises and words, and allow those to rule and reign over us. Mm-hmm. And to really understand the power of our words and, and the power of the authority that we speak in our words. Mm-hmm. That's something else, too. It's mm-hmm. not just, you know our words and speaking empty things, like name it, claim it, you know, I really want to catalog, (laughs) but getting to the place where our heart is aligned with his and we're declaring the things that he's already set aside for us, Mm -hmm. that he's already given us authority over that are ours to inherit. You know, it's just, there's an authority that comes with understanding who you are, Mm -hmm. that you are his child, Mm -hmm. that he has set aside good things for you that he's there in the struggle with you, that he has put a portion aside just for you, Mm -hmm. that has your name on it, that nobody else can take or do anything to keep you from. Mm -hmm. Not the devil himself, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, come hell or high water, my anchor remains in this truth, Mm -hmm. that he is good and that he is God and that he is sovereign Mm -hmm. and that he has good things for me as his daughter, as his son, Mm -hmm. I can do the things that he's called me to because he's equipping me for every good work. And when we begin to confess those promises, in those truths. We begin to worship Him for who He is. It nice. shifts the atmosphere around us. Mm-hmm. It creates space for that hope and that life. We learn to trust in Him at a new level. We learn a uh, level of intimacy, a tenderness with mm-hmm. Him. I have never felt His love so real and tangible as I have this week in Him just taking every opportunity to remind me of who He is. Mm-hmm. His true nature for Him, yes. for me, is that His, his heart is for me. Yes. And his blessings are for me as yeah. his child. And I don't have to earn them. I don't have to strive for them. I just have to receive them. And part of receiving that is agreement. Yeah. You know, if you brought me a gift and you sat on the table and said, this is for you, but I don't receive that gift, I'll never know what's inside. Mm-hmm. I will never understand what you hand hand selected, hand picked just for me because you love me. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same with the Father. Many of us could be sitting in front of a situation where there's presence all around us and we're not willing to receive it. We're not willing to accept it. And so getting into his tangible presence through worship and through his word allows us to understand and come into agreement that we can receive everything he has for us. And so that's my encouragement today, whatever moment you're in, just receive it.
0: And Abby, it makes me think of, um, I have a story in my own life that kind of lines up with this. Um, But I've noticed in my life when you're able to worship from the valley, is when a lot of times breakthrough happens for you in your own life. And when God can see the genuine nature of your heart and that you're willing to trust in who he says he is in the valley. Yes. And you're willing to trust that he is who he says he is when you can't see that he's doing good things for you. That's when the blessings are unlocked for you, I truly believe. And I remember Um, You know, I went through my divorce, and I was living with my sister, and part of what my ex-husband had did was a lot of damage to my credit, and I had paid all of that back, but still, credit takes time to Mm -hmm. build back, and I was house hunting, and genuinely, the way that the market has turned into, the only places that were in my price range were, like, single-wide trailers that didn't even have a roof on it. And, you know, I was asking the realtor, would you move your three children Mm -hmm. into this place? You know, this isn't going to work. We're going to have to find something. And I went to church that Sunday. And one of the worship songs was, I'm going to see a victory. And I just laid it down truly to the Lord right then. And I said, you know, you've gotten me this far. Mm -hmm. You've answered every prayer you put in my heart that I'm not going to rent, that I'm going to own a house. Every time we went to rent an apartment, they would say we made too much money, which was hilarious in the situation I was in because I don't know how.
1: Just enough to be
0: broke. Right. And um, so in that worship song, said, no, Lord, I'm going to have the house that you want for me, the house that you've mm-hmm. set aside for yes. me and my children where mm-hmm. blessings are going to flow out of. Yes. And that next week the house that was ours came through. There was 11 offers on it and somehow mine got through. It doesn't make sense, but God did it. And listen, I don't live in a mansion, but it's a mansion to me because I'm living in a, a house that I know God had for me, is a promise house. And I've seen him do it so many other times. But if you can just worship him from that place and you can, like Abby said, watch your words, watch what you speak Mm -hmm. over yourself, Mm -hmm. because you're gonna be living in either the life that you spoke over yourself or the death that you spoke over yourself. And I
1: truly believe it's exactly what you said with the Hebrew children. They said to that king, it doesn't matter if he doesn't save us from Mm -hmm. this pit of this furnace, this fiery. river, it doesn't matter. We're not going to bend our knee to you. We're not going to give our praise to anything but Jesus, to Yeshua, Mm -hmm. Yahweh. In that moment, we know him as Yeshua. He was Yahweh. But we're not going to bow to this thing that you're telling us we have to bow to. Even if he slays us, even if he takes our life, it's Mm -hmm. okay. But we're not going to do it. And when you can get to that level of conviction that you can say, It doesn't matter if it's a job loss. It doesn't matter if it's a death in the family. It doesn't matter if it's a relationship that I have mourned. It doesn't matter if it's an opportunity and the door gets shut. It doesn't matter what the circumstances look like in the natural. Mm -hmm. I am not going to bend my knee to this thing. It's not taking me out. It's not going to steal my praise. I am going to worship the true king. I am going to sing of his praises. That does shift the atmosphere. And the thing is, is that... In every circumstance that we surrender our will and worship Him, regardless of the outcome, He proves Himself faithful. Yes. And I have been in this season of remembrance with the Lord, and I just read it again in Revelation. When He returns, we will find Him written, faithful and true.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That is how He wants to be known to us, yeah. that He has been faithful and true. Mm-hmm. And so, Give him the space and the opportunity. Get low. Mm -hmm. Allow him to reveal the areas that are not covered, that he hasn't completely been made Lord over. And he will prove himself faithful Mm -hmm. and true. Hey,
0: friends. Uh, so for the trauma-informed segment this time, um, I'm just coming to you very raw and vulnerable. And as Abby shared in our time together, we had experienced some personal losses, um, these last few weeks. And for me, it was the death of a very close loved one. And for someone with trauma history, um, I think that you have to be careful um, to make sure that you are allowing yourself to grieve. Typically, because someone who is prone to PTSD, we don't typically naturally process things as they come. We, um, you know, they talk about the fight or flight response. So often we kind of freeze or what they call fawn. And we. We don't know what to do with it, so we do nothing with it, and then it comes back later in life to haunt us in the manifested form of addictions or anger or what have you, unhealthy um, ways to try to get all of those feelings out, and so um, I'm very open about the fact that I'm still in counseling, that I keep myself in counseling just um, first of all to model healthy examples for my children, um, but also for myself as a leader of this organization, um, to have a safe place to put all of that. Um, and on top of that, just to keep any, you know, symptoms with mental health and everything I've been through in check. Um, I just like to go, it's kind of the same concept as going to wellness checks, you know, taking your children to wellness checks, um, whenever they're young, that type of thing. But, um, so, I had a, a, a counseling session this week, and I asked my counselor, how do I know if I'm handling this right? And, you know, she asked me how I've been handling it, and I said, well, for the most part, I'm okay. Um, my loved one had had a stroke um, almost a year ago and had lost the use of their left side, and it had made their daily life very different from anything they had expected it to be they talked very often of wanting to go to heaven wanting to go ahead and be with jesus and so i had the peace of knowing that they're not suffering anymore so it was hard to mourn for that person because i knew how bad they wanted it but at the same time um, i still lost somebody very near and dear to me so i said you know well When I feel like crying, I cry. Um, When I feel like doing something that's going to help me process, I do it. Um, I brought up a particular song that she had liked. And, you know, I said, you know, I just sat in my driveway and listened to it and ugly cried and did it again and again until I felt like I didn't have anything left in there to do. And um, my counselor said, well, it sounds like you're. You know, handling it the best you can, and she said that grief is like an ocean, it comes in waves, and you'll be doing just fine, and it'll kind of knock you down, and you get back up, and you try to mosey on with life, and every now and then, it'll come out of the blue like a sneaker wave and walk, knock you down, and you just, you know, you deal with it as it comes. Um, she told me not to be fearful of it, and a lot of times, especially with grief, with any other big emotions the only way to get through it is to literally just go through it and allow yourself to feel and then don't get stuck there and move on. And so I'm doing my best to do that. Um, I know this isn't very um, life coach style or what have you um, in this segment, but I always try to be very raw and honest and transparent. And this is just where my heart's at this week. This is just where we're at. And so... Um, I know for my favorite friends that I've encountered um, in the clubs meeting you all, you're always so raw and vulnerable and transparent with me. Um, It feels like I would be taking something from you to do anything less in return. And so I just want you to know um, it's okay to grieve and to still trust the Lord. I know that my loved one is in heaven and I know I'm gonna to get to see her again and I have peace about that. And at the same time, I can still grieve what I lost. Also, everybody grieves differently. There's no right or wrong way. Of course, I would, I would maybe add a little side note there that destructive coping mechanisms are only going to hurt you in the long run. And so if you find yourself attaching to those rather than something that's maybe going to require you to feel some sort of pain or whatever, um, I would encourage you to just try your very best to feel it and to get through it because they're not going to go away, those feelings. Um, You're not actually going to be able to forever numb out or forever you know, drink it away or, you know, whatever. Um, I had someone offer me a drink whenever my aunt had passed and I said, you know, I I understand that that may help temporarily, but I just don't even want that because when that alcohol wears off, she's still going to be gone and I need to be able to think my way through this and feel my way through this so that I can handle that truth and so I'm just encouraging you from a vulnerable place um none of us are unscathed in this life none of us get out without experiencing hurt without experiencing trauma we all go through things and so maybe you're not dealing with a death maybe you're dealing with a personal loss or you know um a loved one Maybe recently had a job change or a move that you had to go through that you weren't expecting, or the loss of a friendship, even though that person's still alive, they were close to you, and now that friendship is over. Um, maybe a loss of a dream, and you're realizing that you know that dream you may not be able to re- realistically accomplish, whatever it is. Um, I just encourage you to. To have the bravery to feel it and deal with it because those feelings, like I said, they don't go away. And if we just harbor them in our bodies, our body keeps score and it's going to manifest itself in the form of illness and depression. And so versus hurting yourself in the long run, allow yourself to just to go through it and don't run from it because wherever you go there you're going to be you can't outrun yourself and so just know that i love you that i'm thinking of everything that my friends that i know are going through and you beautiful women that i've encountered and um my heart just hurts for you because i know that you all have experienced great loss as well but i know that together and with christ that we can truly go through anything and that he says that we can cast our cares on him and that his burden is easy and his yoke is light. And what that means is whenever we hand over our load of everything we're carrying to him, he carries it for us. He carries the weight and we can put it on him and he won't give it back. And we try to take it back and that's an nice us problem, but he's not going to give it back. He's very trustworthy. So, um, just praying that you're able to give your, your burdens to Jesus this next few weeks and, um, that you have the courage to face whatever it is that you're going through. Love you ladies. Okay friends, that's a wrap. We thank you so much for joining us and listening in. Whatever you're going through these next couple of weeks until our next episode, we just pray blessings over you and just pray that you're able to take little pieces of our podcast with you and that it's an enrichment for your lives. We just thank you so much for the opportunity to get to be a voice inside of your home, inside of your car, um inside of your heart and If there's anything that we can do to help, we hope that you reach out and just know that we are praying for you and we're championing you on in faith.